at least it deserves a mention, the amazing Rutgers touchdown to cover against Indiana. Oh. oh. Didn't it get called back? Yeah, not a real touchdown. But it happened. We have video. It did, I, I watched it. I watched it occur. Yeah. Dude, the happen, lineman so just eating the ball behind his head was the most amazing thing. It was just wonderful. Like, you the careless about heat. spirit of the game. That's... <laughs> What we do here is go back, 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 back. Okay, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast, everybody. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends. Talk about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. At the Wheel Route on Twitter, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com is the email address. And we're on Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, Podcast Center, Stitcher, etc., etc. Uh, my name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn. Um, and uh, yeah, coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida. Beautiful late summer weekend here happy halloween everybody and uh yeah excited to just put my nose back to the grindstone for another week let's do this who else is here my name is jordan shank i am still in harrisonburg usually the friendly city but today it's been the windy city um that's also one of its nicknames occasionally nice um i'm on twitter.com at shank jordan uh <laughs> Would would like to know if either of you guys have any additional context for why uh, Mr. Bears wide receiver was was punching the Saints defensive back. Do do we know someone? Oh, I haven't seen this. Someone someone alleged oh big a banner weekend for University of Florida uh, <laughs> adjacent players getting in fights. Let let it be known. But uh, someone alleged that there was an eye poking incident on a previous play. Okay. Um, but I, uh, that's, that's Chauncey Gardner Johnson, uh, who is the DB. apparently goes, is the DB. Yeah. He was, a, he is, uh, he went to Florida. He had some behavioral issues at Florida as well. And he was joined in the fight by Janoris Jenkins, another f- former Florida DB who actually had such bad behavioral issues at Florida. He got removed from the program. Um, so so yeah, I, just it's been a bit. It's been a good weekend. There's blood in the water, you know. Blood yeah, in the water. I, I had seen a, a clip. Someone said of the play before, where uh, Gardner Johnson, they those two were jawing at each other, and Gardner Johnson did a fake chain snatch. And so the <laughs> okay. next play was when the Bears wide receiver came back, did a fake chain and snatch back, thing. and then started punching the face oh, okay. mask. So, okay. Yeah. So I mean. Sounds like the truth is is out there somewhere. Um, this uh, Char- Chauncey Gardner Johnson, the same player that was involved in the Michael Thomas uh, um, fight at practice as well. Yeah. So he's uh, he must he must be one of those DBs that really relishes the role. Maybe a DB that was meant to play wide receiver. If you know what I'm saying. So um, nice, but you know, got to be that way. Who else is here? <clears throat> Uh, my name is Jason Kreck. Uh, I also tweet things at Jason Kreck. I'm also in the friendly city. Uh, and yeah, uh, Jordan stole my pretty much main descriptor. There's uh, literally still wind trying to rip my 
uh, back table off the deck uh, behind my house. So um, not a fan, not a fan, hard pass. Mm. Yeah, we're, we're like we're we're not trying to make light of you know hurricane season or anything, but it's it's damn windy up here yeah, today. It's, it's I'll, I'll say it. It's too, it's too windy. I'll go that far. Yeah, yeah. Too windy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, TCP, stay strong. Is that are you guys getting lingering zeta effects up there, or is it? I don't think so. Maybe maybe we're catching a tail or I something. Zeta blew through earlier. It did. Yeah, it was earlier this week. That was last podcast. We got hammered with it, but. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. If, I, wish right, well, like a, I wish there was like wish there was a TV channel that could explain more about the weather, and I could <laughs> get it from there. It's all it's all, uh, it's all Bernoulli's equation, Jason. Pressure, velocity, yeah. temperature. Let's go with that. That sounds great. Air is basically a fluid. Yeah, we Energies could start preserved. a channel called yeah. the Bernoulli's. <clears throat> the Bernoulli's. The what? The whatever that guy's name is. Channel. <laughs> gotcha. I'm not. Uh, all though. right. Sorry. I think it's Bernoulli's. I think it's Bernoulli's. Yeah, Bernoulli. He's a famous mathematician. You, it sounded like Bernoulli's, which is probably a grocery store pasta brand, but... Oh, it is. You're right. Oh, I'm yeah. guessing okay. here. Well, I don't, I don't Borelli, I mean, it sounded like it could be true, so let's go with it. I think uh, Borelli certainly is. A, it's either that or a shotgun brand, but I think that's Benelli. So yes, Benelli. We're, we're getting... We're, we're getting off. Uh, we're getting all twisted. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. What are you boys drinking tonight? Since since we're already there, uh, I'm going with a little bit of vodka and diet tonic water and a lime wedge tonight. Also, y'all just fancy on my all of a sudden. Yeah, uh, I have I have another uh, Devil's Backbone Juicy Magic IPA. There we go. Love to see. Um, I uh, hit my quota of beers this weekend at uh, some point some point at the middle of, of the evening last night so I actually am, am just drinking some 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 delicious h2o straight out of the Florida aquifer uh, with the little I got the key lime juice in there Jordan though so don't worry is your it's, it's uh, is your tap water super salty no salty yeah no okay. I'm guessing it was just the crappy apartment I lived in in North Florida, but in Jacksonville, I had the saltiest town. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, Jacksonville has yeah. bad, uh, notoriously bad. So does Orlando. Okay, that makes sense. A lot sense. of limestone, a lot of karst, karst topography around, shallow shallow aquifer source. Yeah. Shouts out to Laurel I do remember uh, when, when our family went to Disney World, the water in the hotel room just being disgusting. Yeah. Yes. It was like yeah, the first time. I, like, my first night down there was jarring. I was like, ah, a long day, had to move into an apartment, I'll get a drink of water, and it like it was just like very abrupt and, oh, and, and it was not cold. It was not tap cold either. No. It was like, no, no, no. It was like eighty degrees coming out of the tap also, yeah. which is not the most pleasant experience, but it also kind of room, room temperature yeah, for outdoor I mean, water. If you there's actually I mean it's not like it's not dangerous, it's just uh there's just trace mineral amounts based on the, the source. But um it is it is disturbing when you're used to like uh, having good water, but it's it's weird. Florida's very strange. Like the city of Miami, like their water down there is like consistently rated, and I know this because I know this. Um, uh, <laughs> their their water down there is like consistently rated like some of the best like drinking water in the country um, from a quality standpoint. But then like you go a few miles away, uh, and it is decidedly not that. So you know, if you pay enough, you can treat anything. Yeah. So you're basically just bleaching the water out, of your Fil- filtering and bleaching. 
So, okay, well, this has been Water Resources Talk with the Wheel Route. Love it. Um, how's the weekend been? Any updates? Anything we need to uh, to, to get into? Jordan, you fixing the vehicles? Not yet. In the I've, wind? I've got all, uh, all my struts here still in the hallway of my apartment. Probably going to attack that uh, after the golf retreat this coming weekend. Um, yeah. So stay tuned. It'll happen <laughs> before Thanksgiving, Lord willing. Mm. But yeah, this right. weekend just, just kind of chilled out and watched some ball. You know? Awesome. Uh, how's the time change treating everybody? Uh, violently. I don't have I really hate words it. to say, so yeah, I'll so well. bite my tongue. Yeah. Like, I, I don't have kids, and I, I can only imagine the people <laughs> that have kids, like, it's a, you know, it's tough, and the kids get up, like, I don't know, earlier or later. I don't know how it works, but, you know, I'm sure it throws everyone off. It certainly throws my dog off, but, I mean, this is ridiculous. There, there's no reason that it needs to be dark at this early. And, I mean, I'm up north. You guys are, like, it's, what is it, 4, 445 and it's dark? Damn yeah. near. Pretty much? Yeah. yeah. Damn near. Hurt near. So, anyhow, uh, you know, this is my annual reminder to everyone that I hate this, and this is dumb. Uh, Florida, at some point, like, voted that we could just stay on daylight savings and never go back, but... I think that that's like a big process to actually get enacted um, because implementation is you know, probably a little involved. Scheduling, well, it is, but at the same time, like I think Indiana and Arizona stay on standard time. I don't think I don't think they go to I don't think they do daylight savings. So you know what? If, if we can do time zones and like random states can just decide that they're not going states to states rights, brother. Not even yes. states, like, states like, rights. Counties can decide. Yeah, that's probably true. Well, yeah, probably yeah. like in Texas, we probably have like three time zones. You, you've got to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, lovely weekend in South Florida. Uh, unfortunately, had to go to a Halloween get together last night, which is pretty much my personal. personal <laughs> right up your alley. There's nothing I love more than missing football games uh, to, you know. Generally buffoon around, dressed as a Jurassic Park person. Best so, worked, Logan. Best look great. Yeah. yeah. Shout Thank out to you. Coach no, e for I appreciate putting that together. Yeah, listen, the creative director's out here. She's doing big work for us, but uh, you know, I, I um, a little disappointed in the cable package that was available at the at the house. <laughs> also, I have some I have some notes for the uh, the party hosts. They did a great job. Fantastic setting for a fiesta, but. Uh, Maybe we could just go ahead and spring for the boosted up uh, um, package. Our the the uh, vice president for social media put out a uh, put out an Instagram story where she was just weeping with laughter and didn't explain any context. Is there any light you can shed on that? Um, she and her friend Stephanie kind of get the giggles occasionally, uh, and okay. um, and they were so they Emily was wearing a red wig long red wig sure. and so but she had like the bald cap underneath like the wig cap on and so stephanie was our, our friend stephanie was um carrie strug because our friend stephanie recently tore her meniscus so she's literally on crutches so she was just like stumping around on crutches and uh um was carrie strug so emily has somehow we have the carrie strug wig in the house i don't know really <laughs> I, i'm struggling to remember what you uh, married what a theater girl it, <laughs> yes, yes she loves, these things she loves the theater. Time to time. yeah yeah exactly 
Um, not unlike the Act of Fool by Ludacris uh, uh, video <laughs> that I walked in on the other day, but regardless. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I think they were like laughing and then they were like switching wigs and they were looking at each other with the bald caps on and they, it was just like a whole scene. I, I think there may have been a little bit of drinking going on. I don't remember. In this establishment? <laughs> As for me in my house. Like, yeah. Right. But anyhow, no, it was fun. It was a blast. Shout out to them for hosting a, a, a good good party and for uh you know ohio state for giving it to penn state that was that was on the tube i did realize they had the acc network way too late in the evening um but <laughs> came, came around got to see the end of the who's game so there were multiple times that you guys would be proud of me where i was the only one sitting on the back porch alone in the dark watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> all that's missing is you just out there like ripping heaters to go i wish i had gotten video footage of like middle school and high school when you did this so that we could put them side by side and just really be how about it started the, how it's really going be about the content, you know yeah, how it started how it's going that's what i'm saying exactly just be text messages hey are you going to kelsey wong's birthday party <laughs> no, no. Florida Florida there are there's no other option <laughs> there, was never even, there was never even a conversation it was no. just hey. Hey, you come, are, you, are you riding with me to Kelsey's party? Or No, I'm not going. Just, okay, okay. Listen, Jason, when you're married to the game, all right, you got to play. Is the woman so. you're married to know that? Uh, you know, she it would appear she forgets, certainly. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's keep it moving here. Um, yeah, we had a college football weekend. So, yeah, I think as hey, before we uh, – I am going to say that as we are recording this, Ben DiNucci is starting a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. And so I will be dropping in with random, uh, mostly because I don't have it on right now, but I'm mostly going to be going off Twitter reaction. <laughs> how, how much will it kill you if when he – or is Sunday night when – or is it only Monday night when they allow the players to announce themselves? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure if they did that or not. Okay, but, so how much yes. would it kill you if <laughs> Ben DiNucci's <laughs> – Read in. He announces his high school instead of JMU. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be happy. But he's earned the right to do what he wants <laughs> and get a follow up call from me. Sure. <laughs> the Danuch. Um, hey Ben, uh, it's Jason uh, calling from James Madison University. Your alma mater. Half a time. Did he? Um, did he matriculate all the way through JMU, or did he transfer? No, he played at Pitt for two years and then transferred oh, to JMU, and I believe walked on at JMU. Even Super worse, what if he says transfer? Pitt. Ben DiNucci, oh, yeah. Pitt Panthers. Oh, man, that would be brutal. <laughs> <laughs> he had, I'm not he even, I'm considering that as a possibility because my mental state. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Definitely don't want to do that. So uh, Dallas's first drive just ended, and DiNucci was two of three for 25 yards, and they kicked the field goal. So, hey. Wow. My, literally, my entire hope for him tonight is that Dallas's terrible offensive line doesn't get him killed. Who are they playing? Philadelphia. Oh. Mm. Well, mm, there's one yes. team that's quite be in the game. It's Philly, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, we, we talked about uh, college football weekend that maybe had some duds on the schedule. I think it actually turned to be pretty fun. We had we had some good games. Um, the the noon slot had uh, had its moments. The afternoon slot kind of got away from us a little bit until Texas and Oklahoma State kicked it into high gear there. Um, and then we had some evening games. So, yeah, it was a good balanced weekend, I think. Um, 
And yet again, Georgia played an absolutely unwatchable game in uh, the week leading up to Florida to give Florida fans hope to everywhere. Uh, just want to get out early, get out early ahead of this take that uh, Stetson Bennett's bang the over on Stetson Bennett's yardage uh, yardage numbers for next week. That's all I'm saying. But uh, let's get to some games. So Texas Oklahoma State. Uh, looking back, we maybe should have picked this one. This was, ended up being a fun game. Yeah. I don't know what the line was, but this game went to OT. And, you know, we said it. Oklahoma State, this is your chance to be a big boy team, put your big boy pants on, win a big boy game at home. And they didn't do it. They couldn't do it. They lost to Texas in overtime. Texas looked pretty good. And um, Texas' defense came up big in the second half there. Because I, I was watching this, and it seemed like Oklahoma State was kind of in control of the game. And then it was just all of a sudden they were behind by f- like three or four, and they, they needed to scramble to tie just to get to overtime. So yeah, uh, I kind of like – I had to leave right at the very end, so I didn't see all of overtime play out. But certainly, it was like it was a weird changing of the tide there. Yeah, I didn't see much of this game. I do know that Oklahoma State basically dominated the game, uh, but turned it over five times, and Texas didn't yep. turn it over at all. And um, that's what did it. the uh, The win expectancy graph on this is fun as all hell. Um, it yeah. is all over the place for like the last quarter. Um, but, you know what I hate? I hate win expectancy graph. I used to kind of like it. Now I'm out on it. It just seems so dumb, and it seems like it always just gets like flaunted as like as it, like it, like it means anything. I mean, yeah, as long you as you don't saying? take it as, as long as you don't take it as gospel, it's super fun to watch well, chaos, and that's about all it's fun. Like for. the Falcons, they it's don't like, take it well, as gospel. Like, <laughs> Falcons yeah, ignore it completely. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. No, no. I mean, it, it's it's interesting, and it speaks to how the game like can right. turn. But at the same time, just I always find it interesting. It's like you know. You're in the second quarter of a game, and this team's got like a ninety-seven yeah. percent win percentage chance. It's like, why are you even telling me this? Like, this is a this is a nothing burger piece of data right here. The key to it, as with many statistics, especially advanced statistics, is to not take it very seriously and laugh at it as it yeah. gets crazy. Uh, yeah. So, George, you watch this overtime and, and such? Uh, yeah, I I kind of had it on like end of fourth quarter into overtime as I was doing some things and all I remember is the announcers constantly like, man, Texas is, is killing the turnover margin right now. And like you, you would really expect a team with these kind of numbers to win a game. Like it's going <laughs> to be really disheartening if Texas is plus four or whatever they were in turnovers and they end up losing this thing. Um, but they finally clicked there in the fourth quarter. Uh, Ellinger did weird Ellinger things. Um, and yeah, Oklahoma State kind of like crawled into a shell a little bit with, mm-hmm. with the lead, which is what they did uh, two weeks ago, maybe, when yeah. they, they had a chance to cover against Iowa State and didn't. And I'm still not yeah. salty about that at all. But, um, yeah, it just kind of felt like they they didn't want – they didn't play to win the game, essentially. They played right. not to lose towards the right. end and they coughing the ball up. Really yeah, and their, their defense is good, but, like, I don't think their defense is, like, Georgia's defense good. Right. You know, like, I don't think it's going to win the game for you necessarily. It's Big 12 and, good. And they're – I mean, to be honest, their quarterback – He's got some interceptions in him. That guy, that guy will throw. Well, a he's electric. So. But yeah, he, he yeah. 
he's, he's, he keeps both teams in the game, you know? So that said, um, you know, I could see why maybe they don't, you don't want to throw it as much, but you still got, you know, Chuba and you, you still think you'd be able to, to play uh, most of your game um, a little bit more than they did there. Cause really what they needed was just like one more. Well, obviously the game went to overtime, but if they put together like one more, even like, even if it wasn't a scoring drive, like a, a drive that was like a little bit longer, got a couple more first downs, they probably would have salted the game away. And they seem to be kind of unable to do that before Texas, uh, Texas got them with a quick, you know, a quick couple scores there. And, and I mean, Texas had the lead. So, yeah. And that was another, like, I think uh, Texas pretty much sold out on, we're going to contain Chuba. He didn't have huge numbers in this one. Um, and there were several, I think tight. I think Oklahoma State had a tight end making several plays, where the announcers were just like, "Where's the help? Where's the help?" Because they kept having him on man coverage, and then the light bulb went on, like, "Oh, the help's in the box, trying to take the run game away," which they were doing. So, um, that that was the Texas defense game plan, and it worked well enough. Sure. So Texas gets the much needed win, uh, you know, huge win for the program for Texas beating Oklahoma State. Um, you know, I think I think the future's bright there in Austin. They might be back. Back? TBD on that. Speaking of back, Michigan, who Jason and I did much too bad of a job talking about how good they looked last week against maybe a Minnesota team that's a little little green. Maybe maybe Minnesota's not ready for the prime time just yet. Um that all said, Michigan goes down to Michigan State. This is a close game, obviously. Michigan State wins, uh, what, 23-20, 27-24, something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, Three-point game. I didn't I didn't watch any. I Actually, I caught some of this. It was sort of melding in to the afternoon games. Like, there's, there's a, a Fox game on now in the afternoon that's throwing me off. And so I kept catching up with it a little bit, but uh, – yeah, I mean, from what I gathered, Michigan's defense uh, just can't couldn't stop deep pass plays. Uh, they got carved up by one guy in particular. Um, our guy Rocky Lombardi just went absolutely mental for uh, Michigan State. Have you seen Rocky Lombardi, Jason? I don't. You should know look that him I have. up. He looks like Draco be. Malfoy's like, uh, thick cousin. So Rocky Lombardi. Um, that's, a, that's a oh man, a tremendous. He kind of yeah. he he's got almost more of a Daniel Radcliffe face. <laughs> so he's the love child a little bit. Harry. Uh, anyhow, um, any any uh any anything to add here? I mean, disappointing for Michigan. Jim Harbaugh like doesn't look good at this point now. Uh, for him at 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 this point, he is three and eight, three and eight. Against uh, combined against Ohio State and, and Michigan State, I think in his career that's not great. That's not what you want No, no, I was impressed with Michigan from what I saw from them last week, and it appears that they really struggled to run the ball in this game. Milton can throw; he's very talented doing that. But uh, you know, if you can't have some balance, you can't be a Jim Harbaugh team. And uh, yeah, I just think the shine's kind of off. They don't really seem like they do anything very innovative at this point. Um, to spur their running game, I should say. I kind of like their approach, but for whatever reason, it's not. It didn't go very well. But anyhow, I'm rambling. All that's to say, Michigan is 0 and 2, which is weird. No, they're not. No, they're not. I'm an idiot. 
Also, oh, real quick, one note. Jason, do you know who Michigan State's coach is? We, we just need to get this out. We need to get this out in public. Yeah, I feel like we should I, correct it um, publicly. <laughs> minor oopsie on our part. Yep. Minor oopsie the last two weeks, just opining about Michigan State. Um, Mel Tucker is the head football coach at Michigan State. Sorry about that. Um, leading the turnaround there. Uh, I think everything we said about Michigan State is still pretty true regarding, like, they kind of had a, a weird rapid decline uh, at the tail end of the D'Antonio um, portion of, uh, of the program. And, yeah, so Mel Tucker there, he was the defensive coordinator at Georgia, and he coached Colorado for one year. He wore shorts on the sideline while coaching Colorado. That was his thing. Um, and he is now at Michigan State. I think he – He was also the head coach of like the Jacksonville Jaguars for five games. Really? Yeah, when Del, when like Jack, Jack Del Rio got fired Rio. midseason. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, brings NFL experience to the uh, to the locker room there. But uh, yeah, I, I just I think the the thought with him is um, it'll be interesting to see. I, he's obviously like a tough. I think he's he's tough on the trail recruiting wise. And Michigan has dipped a little bit uh, from a recruiting standpoint in the the most recent years. So it'll be interesting if Michigan State can uh, can capitalize on that. And then we'll see if Michigan gets so antsy that they. Uh, they got to do something with their sweet boy, Jim Harbaugh, on his lifetime contract. Now, I will say in our defense, Mike D'Antonio resigned beginning of February of this year. So we were on the signing day already, and the pandemic was right around the corner. So it's not – This is true. It's not terrible negligence on our part. It's still not a great look, but it it could be worse. Yeah. We had stuff going on. <clears throat> Right. Thanks for correcting the record. All right, so we'll move on. Michigan, sorry, hate to see it. Uh, and Michigan State, eh, we'll see. All right, uh, Missouri at Florida. This game happened last night. Um, caught the the national eye for, you know, some might say the wrong reasons. Um, certainly not another four-touchdown passing performance by our sweet boy Kyle Trask. That did not leave uh, the press for Which is a shame, but... Uh, Florida really takes care of business, actually, against Missouri. Um, Missouri's one touchdown that they scored before absolute garbage time they ran a touchdown in um, was a, a pick six in the first quarter. Florida's, you know, Florida held them to three points pretty much for the entirety of the game. And, um, yeah, looked a lot more competent. Buoyed by the return of Kyrie Campbell at defensive tackle, that sort of uh, was a big help for letting the rest of the defensive line actually play their real positions, get another big body in the middle um, to kind of, you know, stuff some stuff up in the running game and get a little bit of like interior pressure. And I think that sort of was like a, uh, a ripple effect through the rest of the team. Florida was down, I think eight defensive backs in this game for Hmm. COVID reasons. That's what the report said. Um, But uh, the guys that played were young. They played pretty well. And uh, the offense looked really good. Yet again, they they had their way. They ran the ball well. Kadarius Tony is having a great year, and Kyle Pitts gets a lot of credit for being, you know, a super freak, superhuman, um, tight end, you know, modern hybrid tight end guy. But Kadarius Tony is having like a, just an amazing year. They're using him in in much of that uh, sort of Percy Harvin gadget role. But he looks he's really come on as a wide receiver as well. He's run, he runs good routes. He gets open. He catches the ball. And he's he's actually learned to use his um, sort of magician-like little tricks 
to stay um, to stay up, and he, he generally now runs in the right direction, which is good to see. So he, um, I don't know that I've ever seen a player that has better balance than him. Like ability to just like come to a crashing and complete stop, and like not slide, not go on the ground. It's Reminds crazy. Me of Reggie Bush. So, yeah, he doesn't have the straight line speed that Bush had, but he's definitely got that that wiggle. Yeah, got the wiggle. Maybe a little Noel Divine. Maybe maybe a little Noel Divineish. Okay. Not quite as compact. He's got longer legs than Divine, but uh, anyhow, um, this is. This is strange getting into getting into body type analysis here, but uh, yeah, photo look good. But anyhow, we, we're good for it. it's body type analysis yeah. of 2011 West Virginia University football players. 2011. Uh, um, you guys got any? Before we talk about there, there was a fight right at halftime, and then there was just some general uh, coach Mullen buffoonery that kind of like befouled the events of the evening afterwards but um yeah do you well, guys have before, any thoughts on the before we get help, into coach mulligan coach coach mullen's shenanigans yeah. i do want to say throwback unis looked awesome on screen as well sometimes you get Popped. you get a case of they look good on the socials but not necessarily translating to uh on camera execution these these looked awesome Great job by by the Jordan brand as always. Second shout out, yeah, definitely. Uh, any any thoughts on on gameplay itself? I, I I was I don't really know where Missouri stacks up in terms of like are they good are they not? They scored a zillion points on LSU, but that appears to be what everyone's doing these days. So hot right now, running it up on LSU. But um, the I mean, this did not look like anything like the Florida defense we saw the first three games. So, yeah, that was, I, I that, didn't that, catch that, 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 but two or three plays of this. So, okay, so right at uh, the end of the first half, Florida's lining up for a um, hail mary, which is kind of odd, but they're going for it anyway, and they throw it up in the end zone. Ball gets knocked down. Um, and then there's just kind of like a fracas on the field. Uh, we have one Dan Mullen sprinting into the field, looking like he's yelling at maybe Missouri players and or coaching staff, pointing at some guys. He's yelling at the refs. Every, anybody can get it um, at this point. Very very similar to the <laughs> the Dan Mullen, the Derek Mason, right? uh, Todd Grantham, Dan Mullen, Derek Mason, uh, you know, showdown we had, what was that, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, that was same same general idea. This is... Dan, Dan runs a little hot sometimes, which is, you know, part of the charm, I suppose. Uh, or part of the reason you hate him also, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, anyhow, if you you watch a little replay, I think some Florida players and Coach Mullen himself took some personal offense to – Trask got lit up right after he let go of that um, – Yeah. The Hail Mary. It was a late hit. It should have been roughing the passer. That's all it should have been was roughing the passer. It was nothing – like, I don't really think it was egregious, but it was certainly rough in the past or was unnecessary. Dan was mad and was hot, and uh, I think everything just kind of bubbled from there once the coach is on the field yelling and screaming. Um, and then there was a fight fight at the middle of the field. Dudes were getting after it in there. There's, I mean, listen, no hold me back. Very few hold me back situations going on out there. We had some we had some dudes who were about it, uh, stomping the yard out there in the middle, so... That was, uh, you know, refreshing to see. I like a little pizzazz in my in my football program. But uh, I, before I let you guys talk about it and, and we can chat about it, I, I kind of, I try to be uh, fair about this. Clearly, I'm a Florida fan. 
I um get a little miffed by the like overwrought hand wringing that everybody does when there's a fight in a football game, as if football itself is not legislated like spear tackle each other violence the entire time, and then these guys are just supposed to like be church choir boys the rest of the time. Like it's it's crazy to me. And then like everyone does to look, why would you punch a guy for who's wearing a helmet? It's like, oh, congratulations. You're the one millionth person that's made that observation on Twitter. Like that's a that's not unique. Like it's it, it doesn't make it less stupid that people are punching each other, but they're fighting. Like what what do you think's going on? You know? So anyhow, I'm not trying to play down the fact that it's a fight. It's certainly not a good look for your program. It's certainly not a good look for your coach to be potentially out there egging it on or what appears to be egging it on. Um, but also at the same time, like I, I'm glad that the team stood up for the quarterback and the coach stood up for the quarterback and, you know, wanted to actually protect their guys. We've seen the Dallas Cowboys get flack for not <laughs> protecting their quarterback after he got his head taken off last week. I mean, you know, so anyhow, there's – you're going to get flack either way. Uh, I don't want to downplay Mullen's involvement here because I do think that he – and then it hit some of his shenanigans after the game were a little, <laughs> a little just odd. Like, I don't I don't know that they, they're connected at all. It was just weird. He did a press conference in a Darth Vader costume, which was yeah. very strange. Um, but at the same time, he's the coach, and if he's trying to take some of the attention away from, you know, the players and what happened, and maybe he knows he has guys that are up against suspensions, whatever, good for him. He This isn't his first, uh, this isn't his first rodeo, too. He kind of knows how to do this. But – when you have like Deadspin out here saying that like this is another example of how why Dan Mullen doesn't deserve to run a football team, like come on, like that's such a, that's such a lazy thing to say. And it yeah, like did he run his mouth about COVID two weeks ago? Yeah, but I don't think that has anything to do with him otherwise being kind of like a Steve Spurrier like genuine kind of an a hole guy that likes to pick at other people and get under your skin and you know be a little schemy. So anyhow, that this is my this is my thing. I don't want to let him off the hook, but I also like kind of just want to say that I'm a little over the like the media being like, we need to consider like suspending everyone and throwing everyone in jail because of, you know, these things that happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's just lazy and it's easy um, to just fire off something yeah, like that. And he's had um, a big couple of weeks. So I think um, I can't remember the, I think it's Neil Brimmon, um who's a standout comedian. He, he helped yeah, run the yeah. show. Yeah, and he uh, he has a joke where he talks about like people get so off guard. I think it had to do with like some darker stuff, like fights off the field and that sort of thing. But he's basically like, whenever football players get in fight, like the headline should just be "football player does football thing not on football right. field." Um, yeah. And so yeah, I, I do think it's like, and it gets back to people can't see they can't see a a, a spectrum of things happening at one time. Like it can be. Not okay and not great and not a like indictment on football in general and these humans specifically. They like the both yes. of those things can be true at the same time. And so um yeah, I agree. It's just it's lazy and it's casual. So Yeah. Yeah. Well and I would say I think Mullen has made himself a very easy target over yes. the past couple of weeks and the manner in which he's doing these things like Logan, you made the, the Spurrier comparison and that, well, they're both kind of unique a-holes, but I think Spurrier was a little more, at least from what I like, I wasn't around during his heyday, but from sure. the stories, like he was maybe a little more tactful and needling and kind of snippy, like 
slightly did less, it, did it slightly verbally less and with su- with sub tweets in the media, whereas <laughs> like Mullen is sprinting across the field, like yeah. acting a fool, and then he's coming out of the tunnel and like raising hell, you know, trying to get his fans whipped up into a frenzy after the brawl at midfield. So I think right. he's not doing himself any favors. Does that completely excuse all of the pieces that are being written about him or the takes? No, but um, I don't think it should come as a total shock either. No, and I yeah, that's why I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like I'm rushing to the guy's defense. Right. I just think that it's unfortunate that for some reason, well, not for some reason, it's unfortunate that the guy comes out here and runs his mouth and has an awful take on the pandemic, you know, wanting to pack the stadium and people are like, just glomming this onto like, see, here's another thing Dan Mullen can't get right. And it's like, what are you talking about? He's like freaking lost six total games in three years in Florida. Like, what do you mean? He can't get it right. Like he's clearly very good at this job. Um, and you know, you not liking him, Sure, there's um, there's plenty of coaches like Tom. Do you think Tom Herman is like a super warm and cuddly, like likable guy? Like, no, no, he's he's certainly not. And you know, so that all said, uh, it's just a curious. It's curious how the national media really grabbed onto this, though. But I guess I, at the same time, it's not that curious because Mullen's been in the he's been in the press um, for various you know performances earlier this week. He kind of had to you know, try to get some good PR by <laughs> saying something. I think Florida is not practicing on Tuesday, which is election day so that players can vote. And Mullen basically said, made an observation that was unnecessary, which, Hey, listen, I, I'm one to do that as well, but he kind of was like, well, it's, you know, it's a shame we can't have practice, um, you know, because of it, but like they didn't cancel class. <laughs> you know, So it was like, He's not wrong, but also like probably not the point you need to make right now. He's like, and then he, you know, he followed it up by saying he he was he thought that school should be canceled too if like they actually want to like just they should shut down all university activities if, if the school wants to be, you know actually support it like closing practice down you know what what's the difference if they still have to go to class like all right whatever um, really botched an opportunity to like you know maybe get some good PR there but uh, so yeah this is definitely a confluence of all that um, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I kind of the measure of how good a coach is also is how hard the team plays for him, right? And um, Nick Saban has a completely different approach than other people, and his players always play really hard for him. And freaking Will Muschamp has an awful approach uh, to coaching football, I would say, as far as winning games, and his players always play so hard for him. So it's like there's there's these guys know how to like be leaders and manipulate men, and you know <laughs> manipulate in the coaching sense. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like. Uh, I think I think we get a little out over our skis on some of these takes sometimes. It's like the day after there was like a fight. Like it was a bad look, sure. But why can't it just be a bad look and we can like move on? Why does it have to be some sort of societal uh, yeah. uh, diatribe? Yeah, but, well, and if he yeah. beats Georgia next week, like that, that stuff will be long forgotten by a lot of people, you know? Right. It's the way of the world. But like it's, you know, at the same time too, Jordan, like, I mean, Spencer Hall loves to bring up that like Bronco Mendenhall teams always play dirty and are down to fight, you know, like that's like one of his go-to little like tropes if there's ever anything that comes up and it's, it's like sucks. It sucks sometimes that some of this stuff like sticks to you. Cause I don't always think it's fair right. um, or true. Like individual events happen and you're like out here spilling your guts playing football and like, you know, tempers flare and things get off the rails. And 
I don't think that it's always like indicative of who you are as a person long term. But anyhow, that's that. Okay, so Florida looked really good though, and uh, you know, I'm sure the line will be way too short against Georgia next week. So Let's can't wait. That goes. Squeaky, squeaky bum time. <laughs> uh we'll move on unc at uva jordan uh i'll let you uh i'll let you start us here uh yeah i mean overall great to get a win for the who's obviously uh ranked win with this result yeah ranked win not to brag uh with this win i believe that makes 10 consecutive games of football slash men's basketball where uva has beaten unc um, not, not that we're keeping track or anything. Um, part of the rivalry never wins, right? <laughs> exactly. I've been told this many times by many people. Um, yes. yes, I thought, I thought UVA's offense played a nearly flawless game. I thought it was called very well 98% really? of the time by Robert and I. Kudos where kudos are due. Um, the defense still has a lot of issues. Again, primarily the secondary. Uh, Devontae Cross was getting absolutely Chris. just abused all night. Whoever he was guarding, that's where Howell was going with it for several quarters. That's a shame because that's a great, that's a great DB name, Devontae Cross. It's yeah. a shame. Well, and so he's one of these guys who like came in as a quarterback, made a position switch, wide receiver for a little bit then got moved to the defensive side of the ball out of necessity and that's where he's stuck um so he's he's not necessarily playing his uh god-ordained position maybe um and it shows uh but to his credit he i guess like he tried real hard i guess um charles snowden hell of a game four sacks forced fumble um they held UVA's defense did hold UNC's offense to under a hundred rushing yards. Uh, I was a little curious as to why UNC didn't run the ball more because they seemed to find a rhythm with it. Uh, I think it was maybe first or second quarter, especially. Um, That's um sack adjusted, right? What's that? In college sack adjusted in college, right? Uh, I think perhaps. sacks come off of. Yeah, that and I, I know you had a couple of helpful sacks. Yeah, that may play stretch. into it. Um, but yeah, still like it felt, and I get that, like they were having so much success throwing the ball. Why bother running it, right? But um, it felt like, I mean, they got themselves in trouble passing it too. Like, uh, right, a couple of fumbles. Uh, UNC had a boneheaded mistake at the end of the first half that cost them points, decided to run like a backward, no timeouts, backwards pass to the running back out of the backfield that he drops. So it's a fumble <laughs> and time ends up running out. They don't get to attempt a field goal. Uh, they muffed a punt. So like they, they definitely shot themselves in the foot several times, but UVA made plays to their credit to win. Um, mm-hmm. Howell is is a stud when he has time. Uh, I think he only had four or five incompletions on the night, over 400 yards. So, uh, not an right. easy watch, but a good result. 
So yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun sleep. game. I have. I'll admit, I have paid a little bit less like game to game attention to Virginia this year. Um, it's been a little difficult, uh, you know, what with commitments and, and such. And I have watched the games, but I, I don't know that I've seen like a complete Brennan Armstrong performance. And he he's good. He actually like it's a little unorthodox, but he the, they made it effort to talk about on the broadcast he is a willing runner which is nice and he's actually i mean he gets out and gets going and he's decisive when he you know takes his opportunities uh, does a really good job of like utilizing that sort of soft middle spot of the field um i think we kind of teased that north carolina's defense is a little soft and uh you know there were plays to be given up there and they certainly did give some up but uh yeah he looks really good do we have an update on his injury situation uh no i think we're gonna find out more about that tuesday from what like from what they were showing it looked like a left knee um so maybe we see him with a brace next week or Hmm. maybe we don't see because of the the duct tape their quarterback just getting abused for virginia um uh, but yeah, no, he, I was impressed with him and, you know, his throwing motion is a little odd, but he does a really good job of getting it out quickly when he needs to. And, um, he doesn't like, you know, doesn't put too much on it either when he doesn't have to, which is, uh, I would say the mark of a good quarterback. We've, we see some of these younger quarterbacks that are like mega talented that just absolutely just overthrow the ball every time they throw it. And, uh, he doesn't do that. He's not a younger guy though. He's got enough experience to know what he's doing. So um, but yeah, enjoyable to see Virginia hold on there. Uh, the, the, oh, I was texting you guys. The, the use of Keaton, is his name Keaton? Keaton. Keaton. Yeah. Keaton Thompson, uh, the Mississippi State transfer quarterback who wears number 99, um, is, is interesting to me. They kind of like, they use him in, in like a running back role sometimes. They use him in, uh, like sort of a H back flanker kind of situation. He was very obviously on the field for the fake punt that won the game for Virginia. That they to, their, to North Carolina's credit, they had sniffed out on the. Uh, they just didn't sniff it out on the backside, and he made a, made a good play and got the first down. But um, yeah, and just just interesting. They ran a really weird play at one point in this game though, where they just like gave him a handoff, like a little like underneath like draw, and then he backed off. Like he was dropping back to pass and just threw the ball down the sideline. Like, it seemed like it was an unnecessary trick play, uh, but um, it well, it didn't go well. They they had it sniffed out pretty good, but uh, yeah, no, it was just it was curious how they used him. They like him in their goal line package though, and I'm sure that's like puts some stress on defense because they know he's a quarterback too. So. Yeah, but, and I think um, that's more like Bronco talked post game how he's kind of not not the same type of player as Taysom Hill, but kind of the same like Swiss Army knife uh, versatility in that they just want to get him on the field and get him touches type deal. Um, so yeah, I, like I texted you guys, I don't think I've seen him throw traditional pass it's it's only been like gadget stuff and whenever he's behind center in the shotgun it's obviously a qb run um but he like yeah to his credit he kind of willed that fake punt to work um because if it didn't uva probably loses the game because the defense wasn't stopping unc uh especially not with a short field so right yeah 
interesting to see how much he he gets used going forward especially if armstrong's still dinged up this coming weekend yeah, absolutely. So, okay, uh, Jason, you got any thoughts on UNC UVA? No, I don't. Fun. No, it's a good win for you uh, for UVA. It's uh, yeah, for sure. Really one for UVA. Uh, I mean, that would have been a pretty harsh one and five start, um, but two and four looks weirdly a whole lot better than um, than it should with that win in the books. All right. It's a real Louisville, a real Louisville-esque uh, two yeah. four situation. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, speaking of which, uh, elsewhere, yeah, Louisville went down to Virginia Tech this weekend, I believe, right? That's right. And UVA plays right. Louisville this weekend, I believe. All right. Let's see how it goes. Louisville apparently has had some weird injury flux uh, as well. It's just it's a, it's weird times for everybody. So they were, we'll they were without most Third of their D line. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I have a feeling that they're going to be able to score a lot of points in Virginia. Potentially. Feeling. Feeling. Uh, little tease, little, little, just a little taste for next week. Just maybe take the over. <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> let's keep going here. Oh, the last game before we get into the picks, Clemson. Uh, oh, sorry, Boston College was at Clemson. Um, news broke. We broke the news on the podcast uh, last week that Trevor Lawrence had COVID and is not going to play. And the main news story here is that he is also not going to play next week against Notre Dame. That is official per suit wearing Dabo at the press conference after the game. Um, good. Why does he put a suit on after the game? That's that I don't have an answer for, but it was a good suit. Super casual on the sidelines with the uh, the crew neck sweatshirt, and then he goes in and puts a suit on. Which is, he's it's a lot of respect for the for the program, you know. That said, uh, this game got weird. I mean, it was was it was it thirty eight to ten? Was it twenty eight to ten? Maybe twenty eight thirteen. Twenty eight ten. Yeah, yeah, twenty eight thirteen and half. Um, certainly seemed like Clemson when they kicked the field goal right before half. Maybe had figured some stuff out and was going to be able to score some points moving forward. Uh, freshman quarterback uh, TJ, I believe it's Ugalele. Yeah, TJ. Looks like he's going to be a handful in years to come. Uh, we've mentioned this before, but uh, they kind of they, they let him run a little bit, which was nice. He a little, little wild with the spray pattern um, in this game at times, but also fit some balls into some tight windows and looks um, looks the part of your next great Clemson quarterback for sure. If he can, yeah. um, you know, he looks kind of. Super raw and ready to put the fear of God in everybody for two years. So, Yes. Um, Clemson was able to do that thing in this game in which they just throw the ball to Travis Etienne all the time. And then I think he had a, he had a really great game. He had like 140 receiving yards, and I think he had like only 80 rushing yards. But he did break the ACC uh, career rushing yard mark, so shouts to him. Yeah, I th- um, well, I think yeah. most of that came in the second half. So, like Boston College, to their credit, kind of had him bottled up. Yeah fairly well in the first half and some of that was due to the the freshman QB yips uh perhaps yeah. playing a role into that as well but um yeah they I mean have time adjustments and when you get to make those adjustments with NFL players against Boston College uh typically that'll work out for you true so um it also yeah, so I mean, like 
uh, I think they talked about it late, but Clemson has just like a horrifying amount of like top 15 recruits, like as freshmen and sophomores right now. Like the yeah, guy, guy Brian. Yeah, the defensive end that sealed it with the safety is like already looks like a senior monster, and I don't know. I think I think Clemson's going to be pretty horrifying for a few years now. He's a a cut from the uh, the Bosa JJ Watt you know family tree cloth, like just big corn fed white guy with the bird. Yeah, he um I think he was that guy that had like legendary. Uh, high school tape going yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, last yeah, year. He, was, he was well known enough that I know about him, and I don't follow it as close yeah. as you guys do. He was like just destroying like children out there, yeah. um, which you know, you got, you got to boss them around. Football's a violent game, as uh, as discussed. But uh, yeah, so I mean, Clemson is going in in the in the second or first quarter of this game. Clemson is about to punch one in for a touchdown, and there's a fumbled exchange between the freshman quarterback and uh, old, uh, old, old Mr. Mr. Etienne, and it gets run back for a touchdown. That's a huge point swing in this game. Um, then, you know, Clemson had a couple just short, uncharacteristic Clemson drives, and Boston College actually scored maybe once or twice more. And, um, you know, it was kind of like you were looking around, like, geez, Clemson needs to, like, actually pick it up here. Um, but they righted the ship. They started playing better defense, and Boston College didn't do much of anything really after the first half. It was very similar to that North Carolina-Florida State game from a couple weeks ago in which uh, – but. Clemson was able to complete more than complete comeback, uh, which was I moment though. Twitter was Twitter was having a good time for a little bit there. But other yeah, than it was that, certainly I mean, more exciting than what was what else was going on at twelve o'clock. I do think Clemson's defense they kind of got pushed around a little bit in the first half by Boston College, which was curious. Boston College is clearly better than they were under Adazio, but um yeah, I think I think it was a combination of of Clemson looked a little wonky and Boston College is a much improved Boston College and they got a few bounces. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think Bill C put out something about the amount of luck they ran into, but it, it wasn't like otherworldly, but it was enough that it was like, oh, okay, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, gotcha. So anyhow, Clemson wins, sets up a pretty big matchup with Notre Dame next week uh, without Trevor Lawrence. So it will be a full week of. You know, can Notre Dame do it? Prognosticating. Can Clemson do it? And, you know, can Clemson's defense pick them up? That, which is the one thing that's – yeah, I mean, the one thing that was deficient in that game yesterday for Clemson, you know, aside from uh, just, like, some fumble luck that uh, caused, like, a basically a 14-plus point swing right in the middle of the first half uh, was, you know, their defense kind of got picked on a little bit. So, uh, we'll see. I have faith in Venables. He's – really really good at his job that he is and they have really really good players so uh did you see that catch that boston college receiver made yeah uh yeah that was right after joe tess called his son uh running up and drawing clemson offside dude the fake field goal uh holder runs up and uh draws team offside play worked in multiple games yesterday i saw it happen multiple times like how are how are how is this still working it's like the harrisonburg high school punt shift uh, thing oh, like everybody sure. just that never worked once. So, oh, that worked all the time. What are you talking about? I never saw that work. They were always annoyed the crap out of me. It was annoying, and then it was so annoying to the defense that they would jump offside. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, all right. Yeah. 
Clemson got the W, but that was a very charming moment when uh, with Joe Tess on the call, like talking about John Tessator's under center, and it was like he's such a pro, just like battled right through, mm-hmm. like insane. Had to go out of his way to be like, oh, I'm working right now, but don't you worry, I will be proud like, later. He, like, like, described how John had like played all these different positions and like did it in a way that like you would have never known it was his son. It was very impressive. Yeah. So shouts out, that was cool, Jordan. Bring us home with the picks, buddy. All right, picks time. Uh, pretty good week for the boys yeah. on the board. Yeah. Uh, Logan and Jason, you guys both went three and two. I went four and one. So that puts us on the season overall. Jason in solo second at 18, 15 and two. Logan and I tied for first 19, 14 and two. Uh, we started off in the bluegrass state commonwealth whatever you want to call it oh, with just an absolutely yeah. snoozer of a game that i did not pay attention to uh georgia at kentucky i think i tuned in uh maybe once memphis at cincy our second pick kind of was in you know no doubt territory uh yeah. georgia ended up winning this game 14 to three and they had the ball in Kentucky territory with like four minutes left. And so I was thinking like, Oh, if they, if they just break off one long run, they can get to the end zone and cover this bad boy. It'll be beautiful. They did not. (coughs) They, they ran the ball so much. I think Stetson Bennett only had like 14 passing attempts. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. There, there he's thrown. Uh, he's thrown five picks in the last two weeks. He has not, um, not been playing as great. They don't necessarily need him. What was it that uh, Trill Withers tweeted something like, "Did uh, did Stetson Bennett win a win a raffle, or is there something else that I'm just not seeing?" <laughs> Dude, he, he looks so small, and like the, the announcers just crush him for it too. Like, I mean, listen, I'm not a tall guy. I understand how it goes, but like they're just out here. They're like, "Yeah, it's part of you know." It's just not tall enough. Can't throw it over the line. Like, well, this is Georgia. I mean, isn't isn't JT Daniels on the roster? How bad is he? Like, and I'm not saying Stetson Bennett's not bad. He's he's a good leader for the team, and you know they tend to have open tight ends and stuff that he can hit. But you know, I, it would be interesting if they get into if Florida's able to pick the lock on the defense next week and you know score say 30 points. Is you know Georgia's going to be able to score some points too, and. Um, you know, they'll probably be able to just run it straight down Florida's throat. But at the end of the day, uh, you would think the quarterback would need to participate somewhat in the scoring of the points. And they, they seem like they're going out of their way to be really vanilla. But I also think this is kind of the thing Georgia does a little bit. They they have games like this that just look very like they're just trying to win in as like fugly a uh, manner as possible. And uh, they certainly did that yesterday. Kentucky couldn't do anything. Um, also I saw, uh, Joey Gatewood was playing quarterback for Kentucky yesterday too. So, uh, they definitely don't trust him to throw the ball, but, uh, yeah, we all talked about what was going to happen here and it happened. None of us had the stones to, uh, take Kentucky to cover. Um, we would have been sweating out the cover. That's for sure. But, uh, we were also dying for Georgia to score any points at any time in this game too. That, that would have also been helpful. We could have got it. So, uh, that all said, 
Georgia, I, I think Georgia's really good. It sets up a fascinating matchup in the Swamp next week, though. Georgia, I think their defense is fantastic. They got super banged up yesterday, though. And uh, actually, there was a there was a, a vehicle in, uh, accident after the game yesterday. I think one of their starting safeties got got hurt. I hope he's doing okay. I Dang. think he had a concussion, but he was in the hospital. Richard LeCount. Um, so he, he got hurt after the game and then, you know, they actually lost a handful of guys on defense during the game. Uh, gotta think some of them will play next week, but a little bit banged up the week before, uh, the Florida game. So I think, I think it'll be an interesting, uh, matchup. I'm kind of curious to see where the line ends up settling when we pick it. But yeah, I don't don't know uh, where it opened at, um, but I will say, uh, to George's credit, this game got over in a hurry. When when you run the ball forty one times or however many they yeah. were, they were handing it off. That is a, a the key to Michael Felder's heart right there is the like yeah f- three hour somewhere uh, <laughs> Bill Belichick like, up and felt something through the force. Yeah, let's see if I can find. Hold on, there's got to be a. Uh game time somewhere on this box score uh duration of game two hours and 56 minutes yeah oh wow the rare sub three hour burger that's impressive yeah so anyhow uh let's 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 move it on to a more well to a even a greater beat down yeah so that first consensus pick missed our next consensus pick hit and that was memphis at cincinnati uh, Cincinnati just all over Oof. Memphis. Not real bad. Um, they look good. Yeah, they look really good, and their QB was startlingly <laughs> efficient. I don't. Dude, think Desmond, Desmond Ritter can spin it a little bit. Yeah, I don't think he played nearly that yeah. well all year to this point. Um, so, I think it was Bill C who tweeted like, "Hey, if he." keeps playing like this that is a very interesting scenario you got going yeah. on mm-hmm. yes for sure um yeah they're they're like fun to watch too i mean they they throw the ball they, they get it out he runs it a lot um their defense is, is pretty nasty they're aggressive their secondary is awesome um they got a lot of just like really physical secondary players uh they break up a lot of passes um, they get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Like it's kind of like um, I was listening to a different podcast today. They were saying that you know Fickle basically took the Ohio State defensive thing that basically Ohio State does, where they play like one single high safety and don't really kind of hide what they do on the back end, and like they're just he's just able to do it with the Cincinnati guys. It's great. So um, kind of an NFL approach, but uh, yeah, I mean they look they look really good. Fickle's gonna get a job somewhere. Yeah, very soon. Maybe Michigan. It might be. Ooh. That would be funny in so many different ways. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, no, they, it was a comprehensive beatdown. Um, and, and it's not like Memphis can't score. Memphis is a good quarterback and a good offense. And, and fast. Uh, their defense, defense isn't great, but yeah, I mean they can they can put up points. And you know, honestly, Cincinnati gave up one giant play on like a ninety-two yard like swing pass. Uh, in the first half, and that was really kind of it as far as, like, any sort of defensive breakdowns at all. Um, and, you know, scoring as much as they did, they had a lot of opportunity to play defense in that game against a good offense, too. So The game is the game. The game That's is right. the game. Uh, Cincinnati up to number six in the polls, I believe. 
this week. That is correct. Oh. Let's go Bearcats. Also, I mean, shout out to the Sean DeClears coming in at number 15. Yeah. Number 15? <laughs> yeah. Dude, the they wasted them. They, they wasted them. That was, was that Georgia State? Georgia oh, State. Yep. Hummel. It must oh, be said Georgia State is terrible, but yeah. Oh, no. I'm not. I think Georgia State had like less than 100 yards of offense, but yeah. I mean, the shot to clear is where. I mean, so. Shot a better team. <laughs> um, Cincinnati, last five games. Uh, home against Houston. Home against TCU. Ooh. At UCF, at Temple, at Tulsa. So Wait, did you say at UCF? ECU or TCU? East Carolina. Okay. So Houston and UCF probably the concerns. UCF probably more than Houston at this point. I would agree. Although I don't know, Houston might be prime prime letdown game next week. I don't know. Also potentially a thing. Yeah, no, they're they're a little they're a little all over the place, a little up and down. Yeah. Not 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 sure uh, your grandmother's Houston team, but Dana, Dana needs a little time to get it rolling there. But um, Dear King ain't walking yeah. through that door. Um, the, the, uh, I mean, COVID situation aside, which that's the great, who knows what could happen in the next couple of weeks for some of these teams, but, um, the UCF game is going to be awesome because I think UCF is legitimately really good still, uh, you know, a couple losses aside and, um, you know, they took care of Houston this weekend too. So spoiler alert. Yeah. Great segue. Let's move into our third game of the day featuring none other than UCF and Houston. Uh UCF covered in this one. This game was on ESPN Plus. Yeah. So really, I didn't really I didn't watch very a lick of it. I got nothing to say other yeah. than UCF hit. Super frustrating. I I'm in the exact same boat. UCF scored a lot of points. Ran up six hundred eighty yards of offense. Don't they do? That's a lot. Yep. UCF in a track. So for sure, which is why I'm curious to see how Cincinnati matches up with them because I think, you know, UCF should be able to score some points in that game. But Cincinnati's defense seems to make it hard. They seem to have some horses on the back end uh, to make it difficult for teams. And, um, you know, their offense is actually, I would say, you know, really, really, really dynamic. as well. together. But we did not watch any of this game, so let's keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, side note, if uh... – if ESPN Plus wants to throw us some free logins, that'd be sick, brother. Talk a lot more about the crap you put on your channel. Yeah. Uh, all right, 3.30, we had LSU at Auburn. Uh, this one turned out to be a real snooze fest as well. Uh, Bo Pelini, three-year guaranteed deal. Is, <laughs> is, he, is he the finesse man of the year in college football? I mean, it has to be. Yeah, he has to be. Yeah, um, yeah, you, you, Coach O better. Working. Yeah, oh, they're bad at defense. Bad. They're just really bad at defense. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, like they overrun everything. They take bad. Right? It's just they're, they're just bad. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But uh, which is fun. awkward to watch. They're at least like, fun. Like LSU just. <laughs> Everything in front of it last like twelve months ago was just hammering everybody. 
Yeah, I mean, probably the best college football team we, any of us have really ever seen, uh, aside from maybe, what, 2001 Miami? Um, yeah. Just from, like, a talent everywhere and just sheer domination standpoint. But, uh, yeah, it is the, – the drop-off has been crazy. And, you know, we said I think they only brought back five starters, but – and uh, one or two of them opted out. Um, so it was going to be a drop-off. But, like, it's not like the team is devoid of talent, um, but – when they can't even rely on their defense to get stops, period, it's really curious. And, you know, I mean, Stingley is a great corner, but, you know, he's not going to, like, he's not making tackles over the middle all the time. And, I mean, he's doing his job out there, but, you know, he's also a corner that occasionally is going to get beaten. You know, it happens. <laughs> and, uh, it seems like they just have a lot of holes <clears throat> that are uncharacteristic of that team. And, yeah, I don't know. LSU is going to have to probably cough up some cash to – move on from Bo Pelini and they're going to need to maybe hit the reset button. It's just not working out. And he seems like he's enough of a uh, old school football guy that he's probably proud of his system. And he's a career defensive coordinator type that is, uh, you know, runs his system. And it's the reason that he's probably been a career defensive coordinator and failed head coach. Might be a little stubborn. His Youngstown, was he the Youngstown state coach for a while? Bo Pelini? Yeah. They They were good, right? I think Bo Pelini was the coach for Youngstown when they beat him in the national title game. Yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, so that's know, right. they were they good, were. but he – things did not go well in Nebraska. about that. Anyhow, all right. Well, yeah, we're going to have to see how this goes. Bo Nix looked great in this game, uh, so good for Bo. Uh, Bo's um, home and away splits are crazy. He is not good on the road. And he is like all awesome, legitimately awesome at home, um, which is it, which is interesting and not probably not all that surprising for a youngish quarterback. But uh, yeah, he had a really good game. But LSU seemed like they uh, Auburn seemed like they had a really good game plan in this game. They got the ball to Schwartz a lot. Um, he seemed to be just wide open in acres of space, and he's I think the fastest guy in college football, like based oh, on actual clock, you know, hundred meter dash times or whatever, sixty meter dash times. So. A uh, little dangerous to have that guy just, you know, full head of steam at all times with the ball, which is, you know, most coaches will tell you probably don't want to do that. But, uh, yeah, they uh, Auburn seemed like they had a pretty good game plan. We got another uh, heated Bo Nix um, uh, offensive coordinator conversation caught on camera, too, which was – Also with Seth Williams. You know, people, I, oh, yeah, also with Seth Williams, his, his other buddy um, – you know, those seem to happen. I think that might just be how Bo rolls. Bo, Bo might just be a bit of a bit of a hothead, and you know, has to blow some steam occasionally. So, whatever. I, you know, I'm trying to not read into these things because everyone makes it wants to make it seem like it's a bad look. It's like what? They're just it's football, right? Just well, it's like it's out. it's the behavior where it's like Tom Brady does it, and he gets praised as being a leader and a fiery competitor, and Cam Newton or, uh, Mark Jackson. Else someone else might do it and they get crucified. Yes. Odell but. Beckham Jr. for instance. Right. So listen, it's you know, Odell's really the Odell's problem has really been associating himself with that boat trip picture that was taken way back in the day. Things have really just not gone well for him since that picture. Yeah, that so, that was the peak. Read the internet of that somehow, then maybe he can get back uh, to to living living his best life. But uh, maybe he needs. All right, last game of the day to to reverse <laughs> yeah. the curse. Get back on the boat. Wake up on the other side of the boat. Yeah, undo it. 
But uh, all right, bring us home with the last game of the day. Auburn absolutely wasted LSU. That was a crazy result. Yep. All right, last game of the day, Ohio State at Penn State in Happy Valley. It was not happy for the Nittany Lions. Uh, the line was 12. OSU covered by a, a single Punto. So I was I was feeling really sweaty there at the end because it was looking like prime backdoor territory. Um, yeah. But thankfully, Sean Clifford threw an ill-advised interception and uh, made me feel a little calmer there at the end of the day. So I didn't, and, uh, I didn't watch State. a whole lot of this game, but from what I could tell, Ohio State jumped out to an early lead, and Penn State maybe really isn't built to – quick strike their way back into a game necessarily um and ohio state's just got horses like justin fields yeah. really yeah. good fields looks great so i watched a decent decent chunk of this game and what was weird is that like ohio state didn't look like it was clicking uh on all cylinders like they seemed a little bit off the rhythm they seemed like a step half step slow here and there um, and they still were just so very clearly physically dominant that, um, like, they never really – there was never any question that they were winning this game by at least a touchdown or so. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was it was a very, like uh, – that's not really Ohio State, but also just as scary because they still, like, put the hands to Penn State at home. So, um, yeah, but it, was think- a, it was a very weird-looking game. I'll say that. Penn State scored uh, their one of their early touchdowns was it was an awesome catch one hand catch on the sideline by the receiver um, oh, kind yeah, of yeah. Like, some crazy catches yeah like, pinned the ball uh, with you know just palmed it out of the air which was awesome but that was on a short field I think right after a fumble uh, Ohio State had fumbled so I mean Penn State took advantage on a really short field one time I believe um, but other than that yeah you're right Jason like it, it seemed like Ohio State never was able to kind of like click to the extent where they're blowing Penn State out, but I never really felt like Ohio State wasn't completely in control of the game. Um, Ohio State's like one lacks appears to be that they don't have like an elite, elite edge rusher on the team right now. Um, so that could, you know, that's a, that's a problem for your defense. If you're going to rely on your DBs to uh, basically cover without being able to get home, um, you know, We've seen that play out in Gainesville this year a little bit, but uh, at the same time, you know, if that's the only thing that you're missing, your team looks really good. Fields looks great. He looks like he's gotten a lot better. He looks a lot more like natural and comfortable throwing the football. Um, I kind of thought there was a really sizable gap between Lawrence and him. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure we're going to have the hot take columns about how some teams should take Justin Fields, but given how the NFL game is played now too, like Justin Fields is hundred percent, worth the, the number one pick also i would say you know i mean he's he, he looks really good he's going to go through this season and maybe have like 10 incomplete passes at the at his current rate <laughs> which is wild so um, um but yeah do, do yeah. either you know what happened at the end of the first half in terms of like there was a clock issue or something i saw on twitter uh, from what i could tell um ohio state tried to kneel the half out um, oh yeah 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 and Fields snapped it and on fourth down and tried to wait until the clock hit, wrap, hit zero to kneel it, but kneeled it with a second left. And nobody noticed until Ohio State was in the locker room and Penn State was in the tunnel. And so they called everybody back and Penn State kicked the field goal. 
Yeah. So and Brian Day was really really upset, but I mean I don't I don't know that it was completely wrong. It just it was kind they, of like one of the, the spirit of the all I could see, and yeah, he definitely put his knee down with one second on the clock. Now whether so, what yes. the clock operator messed up or what, I have no idea, but. Yeah, From what the clock mentioned that there there were th- feelings that the clock did not start right. on time when the ball was snapped. Which is very possible. I didn't see that part. So, hmm. yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's unfortunate because that's kind of one of those like, what would you say, spirit spirit of the rule versus uh, letter of the rule kind of right. things. Like, I mean, you, you know. For all intents and purposes, the half half was over. Are we yeah. really going to be like, oh, that's oh always, wait, wait, but that's also one of those things where it's like, if you just bootleg him out and have him chuck a bomb downfield, the clock definitely expires while the ball's in the air, and you don't even run that risk. It's trying to do the football thing, and it, it's in the right, right. All right. Well, it was a fun weekend. Uh, we had, you know, like I said, we had some we had some fun results there. Always good when the boys are above five hundred as well. So shout out to all of us. We uh, love making looking, money for entertainment purposes. That's right. Looking forward to next week, uh, Florida, Georgia, and Clemson, Notre Dame at the top of the schedule, um, and uh, and 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 the boys will be in town. So should be, uh, should be a pretty good time. We'll uh, make sure we got a lot of light beers and uh, and wings. It's all we've ever wanted. You know, in our listener's honor, uh, maybe maybe Coach E can get some uh, some some B roll. For the OnlyFans. <laughs> Fire that up, too. Um, anyhow, all right, boys. Well, thanks for joining. Any final parting shots on what is this? Week eight, nine? What are we, 11, seven? Nine, maybe. Or eight. I don't, I don't keep crazy. track. Uh, oh, yes. I do. At least it deserves a mention. The amazing Rutgers touchdown to cover against Indiana. Oh. oh. Didn't it get called back? Not a real touchdown, but it happened. We have video. It did, I, I watched it. I watched it occur. Yeah, dude, the happened, lineman so just eating the ball behind his head was the most amazing thing. It was just wonderful. like the careless heat. spirit of the game. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love it. So anyhow, all right, and four boys. Good seeing you. You know what this is? We're our podcast. Send us an email. We're our podcast at gmail.com. You can go to thewheelroute.com to um, look at the picks and to stream the show. You can get the show from your favorite podcast acquisition service. Otherwise, we'll talk to you later. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.